guys. Uh, Andy Irwin here of the Irwin Brothers, one of the, the filmmakers behind the, the new movie, I Can Only Imagine. And you're listening to On Faith's Edge with my good friend, Joe Taylor. She said, look right here. It says, for God so loves Johnny that he gave his only son, that if Johnny will trust in him, Johnny will have everlasting life. And that was just the coolest thing I'd ever heard of. Andy Irwin, you are a rock star, brother. Huge congratulations on the huge success, if I can only imagine. Thank you so much for the introduction. You can hear my conversation with Andy at onfaithsedge.com slash 97. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 97. I can only imagine has grossed over $100 million so far. That's on an $8 million budget. Huge success for independent faith-based films. Congratulations, Andy. That's what happens when you produce high-quality film with a meaningful, meaningful message. Very well done, Andy. Welcome to the 112th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. I have a great show for you today with Grammy Award winner, country music superstar, John Barry. I was a big fan of John's back in the 90s, and we'll discuss his work with the new film, Beautifully Broken. John talks a great deal about his faith and a very challenging time for his family as he went through a drastic character change and how he came through that. The focus of today's show is the new film, Beautifully Broken. This weekend, the movie releases in more than 600 theaters nationwide. Go see this movie, man. It is a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's the true story of three fathers, one American and two Rwandan, who will stop at nothing to protect their children. As the three men fight to save their families, their lives become intertwined in an unlikely journey across the globe, where they learn the healing power of forgiveness and reconciliation. Up first, the director of Beautifully Broken, Eric Welch, stops in to share the vision of the movie and its important message. Eric is certainly no stranger to filmmaking. He's a billboard and dove-witting music video director who has worked with Toby Mac, Mercy Me, Mandisa, Carrie Underwood, Tim McGraw, and believe it or not, Kid Rock. He's currently nominated for a 2018 Dove Award for his latest video with Toby Mac. Everyone is broken in some way, Andrea. No clay has ever become a beautiful part without going through a little fire. Something terrible happened to me. I haven't told anyone. Just because you see no tears does not mean the person has not cried. Beautifully Broken, a refugee's escape. Felicia soldiers are going door to door. You have to get your family out now. A prisoner's promise. Why hasn't he come back? Warring will not bring him through that door any sooner. And a daughter's painful secret converge in this inspiring true story of hope. Something is different with her. Listen to me. We are losing her! Why is my family falling apart? I thought I put it all in your hands. As three fathers fight to save their families, their lives become intertwined in an incredible journey of forgiveness and redemption. God has shown me that our legacy is built from the pain and struggles we endure. You must learn to forgive yourself. Who knows how God will use your pain to touch others? Holding on to the past will only destroy what lays before us. Three families, two different worlds, one incredible true story 
Forgiveness is the only way I know how to let go. If you believe God orders our steps, who are we to say no when he opens a door? I love you. God sees much beauty in the broken. And I believe helping others always leads to healing. Beautifully Broken. In theaters, August 24th. Beautifullybrokenmovie.com. Beautifully Broken. Obviously a very powerful movie, Eric. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. The film is an exciting adventure of three families and how they overcome different varying levels of trauma in their lives. It's a true story, and it's a it's a journey mainly through the eyes of uh, William Wizerwa, who in the first 10 minutes of the film struggles to protect his family through the Rwandan genocide. That really is a launch pad of where we start with our story. And the movie basically asks the questions, how far would one go to protect those they love? And the three families have to answer that question with each father. One went to Africa, one went to America, and one went to prison. And so it's really following the journey of three families from two completely different worlds and in one incredible true story. And William has to flee Africa to start a new life in America, but he has to leave his family behind. And that's the first hurdle and challenge that he faces, where once he gets to America, he meets Randy Hartley, and through their friendship, they end up saving each other's families. And then there's a third family involved, but I kind of let that be a little mysterious so that there's some some kind of uh, excitement and energy about what happens in the film between all three families. You're most known for your video work. Uh, you've worked with Toby Mac, Mercy Me, Mandisa, Carrie Underwood, Tim McGraw, Kid Rock. Yep. How does a guy that's a self-proclaimed edit rat, yeah. how do you get involved with a movie like Beautifully Broken? I had done several music videos for a producer who has produced music in town. His name Chuck Howard. And Chuck is just a great guy. And he had done several number one hits for multiple artists. And I did a few music videos and he liked the music videos, liked the way I work. And he was transitioning out of music into the film world. And he started producing, uh, films and he just got really involved in that and he's kept threatening me one of these days you're going to direct one of my movies and i'm like oh okay well you know people say all kinds of things you just wait until you're standing on the set until you really believe it you know so but he kept saying that and so over the course of years we would talk here and there and one day he came to me with this script beautifully broken the idea of following three families in parallel journeys was intriguing to me but also i had spent some time in nigeria africa and so, you know, I find the people of Africa beautiful people, wonderful, charming, loving people. And the idea to work on a film that covered that culture and had stories in America and in Africa really intrigued me and excited about the idea of possibly filming something about Africa. You live in Nashville, Tennessee, actually very close to Randy Hartley and the Hartley family. Do you know the Hartley family? I, I know them now, but I did not know them when this process started. And it's the crazy thing is they don't live very far from me in Nashville. And the incredible twist of the story is, is through the relationship of Randy Hartley and William Wizerwa, they started an organization that helps refugees around the world. They've helped over 15,000 refugees come into America legally and process through the immigration process and help them with jobs, with family, and and you know, getting assimilated into America, which is not an easy deal. Culturally, it's a huge shock. And that organization literally is like four or five miles down the road from where I live. And it's 
insane to think that you know our paths never crossed until the story came out and the story is so incredible and it's all true that you know people are just beginning to find out about it. even michael w smith was like i can't believe that this was right here all this time such an amazing organization and i didn't know about it eric you know what the success of of movies like i can only imagine and uh, the recent God's Not Dead movie, especially Absolutely. I can only imagine what a what a runaway success. It just it just proves that when people of faith go support movies, the Christian community, the Christian filmmaking community, can do more, and big film houses will take notice. Absolutely, I think that there's there's no question that films like God's Not Dead. I mean, God's Not Dead really pioneered an amazing challenge out there that, hey, these stories need to be seen. These stories need to be heard. And there's an audience for them. And they they hunger for quality entertainment that they can take their family to. I can only imagine even double down on that and expanded the thinking of what does it mean to be a faith-based film taking on challenging issues. And it's been an incredible success. And I'm thankful for that because we as a community need to support films like that. And I'm not just saying that about my film, Beautifully Broken. I've seen trailers for several films coming out this fall. And if people of faith in the community will get behind this type of entertainment and rally and support and create momentum like they did with God's Not Dead, like they did with I Can Only Imagine, rallying behind these films, showing Hollywood, showing our culture that, hey, we, we cherish and value these type of films. We're hungry for this. And that's only going to happen if we get out and support these type of films. And that will only encourage other filmmakers to, to jump in the arena and, and create art that speaks to the culture, that speaks to our community, and expands and creates better films, bigger budgets, so that we can take on larger stories. Because most of these films are dealing with budgets that are one one-hundredth, one one-hundredth of what of Hollywood spends. They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to create films, and then on top of that, hundreds of millions to market. And yet some of these films, we're dealing with a tenth and you know a 20th 100th of that budget so it really is important for people to get behind these films and rally and and show the world show our culture that these are important stories that we want to hear the film uh, has gotten the attention of michael w smith toby mack plum john barry who uh, of course we're going to hear from in a few minutes what do you think captured their interest in this movie michael w smith is an amazing artist and he's an icon in the music industry and michael had done some film projects before and when i was going through the script i thought of different people that i had known and worked with and were in my in my sphere my proximity and so i reached out to michael and his management i said hey there's a role in this film i think michael would be really good at would you entertain the idea michael read the script fell in love with the story and came on set and was just awesome. Amazing guy, so full of life and joy. And he played that role of Pastor Henry to the T. I mean, he just did an amazing job. And he's been out speaking out about the movie. He's endorsed the movie fully behind it. And he's just been a joy. It's been great to work with him on this project. And then Toby Mack, you know, Toby and I go back to way back in DC Talk. I had edited Free at Last, the movie for Toby way back in the day and I've done several music videos for Toby and so there was this scene in the film where 
um, one of the uh, families attends a concert and hears a pitch of Compassion International, and they hear about sponsoring a child in another country, and that plays a pivotal role in the film. And I thought, wow, man, if I could get my friend Toby to be in this film, that would be awesome. So Toby does a performance in the movie and then talks about sponsoring a child in another country, which really sets off another launch point from which the story evolves even deeper. So it's it's just an incredible journey. And I'm so thankful to have, you know, Toby, Michael W. Smith, you know, CC Winans covered the song with a real gospel twist to it. And then John Barry recorded Beautifully Broken. Plum has done a version of Beautifully Broken. So it's really cool to see different artists cover the song in their own unique way. 600 theaters nationwide? I think we're up to 655. Yeah, it's launching in 655 theaters. Yeah. That's no small deal, brother. Yeah, we're blessed. I mean, it's a, we're an independent film. We had a very small budget, micro budget compared to what Hollywood spends. But we were able to capture the heart of a story that is moving people. We've had pre-screenings with with different organizations and various church organizations as well. And people come out of this film moved and hearing their stories of, you know, that was my life. I went through the same thing that, that this person went through. I went through the same thing the father did or the daughter did, or my daughter experienced that thing. And to hear those stories and see people dealing with their own brokenness because of a film that you made, that's a complete independent project. And, and seeing it go into this many theaters, we're very excited about seeing how everyone can connect to a broken character some way in this film and hopefully find some type of healing and relational connection to these people. So how were you personally affected in directing this movie? It was a learning experience, first of all. You know, obviously jumping from music videos, which you most of the time film in one day, jumping into literally filming a music video every day for two months in in two countries, uh, that was a stretching experience. But I think also the inspiration of the two men in this movie, I've gotten to know the real William Muzerwa and I've gotten to know the real Randy Hartley. And William is a unsung, quiet, soft hero. He doesn't say much, but man, when he says it, you, you feel it. And he doesn't walk around saying these, what we call Williamisms every day, but he says things like, you know, just because you see no tears doesn't mean a person hasn't cried. And he throws these one-liners out throughout the film that really make you think about how you look at other people. You know, um, he's amazing like that. And then Randy, the real Randy, that this man has not only a heart for God, but his heart for God has really extended into this film in terms of this man went through a lot of challenges, not only in his personal life, but with his family, with his daughter and estranged daughter going through troubled times. And he's putting that on screen because he says, you know, I believe that my story can help people walk through their lives. And I also believe that the story of William Mazzaro needs to be heard. He goes, my friendship with William has changed my life and changed the world. And I feel like that friendship needs to be seen and, and pe- challenge people and what they're doing with their lives and, and that they can make it. If, if William Muzerwa can come from Rwanda, start all over again and, and find God's grace through the process, then, then there's hope for other people and what they're going through. So when all is said and done, folks are leaving the theater. How do you hope they're changed by this movie? Everyone in life either goes through trauma and tough times, 
brokenness, times when they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, or they know someone who has. And this film follows three families. That means you've got men who are fathers, women who are mothers and trying to see their families through traumatizing times. And then the teenagers in the film also face their own rough hardships. And each one of those people has a connection point that I think people are finding their own story in. And I hope that people will realize that no matter what your social, economic, racial background, no matter what nationality or country you're from, we all have stories that we could share and find healing and hope in if we open up to one another. And that's what the film really is about, is that even in our brokenness, through sharing our stories, opening up to one another, we can make those scars that of, our, of our past beautiful and have a wonderful future. And who knows what can happen with your future. No matter what your past, no matter what your scars are, God can make your scars beautiful and heal your brokenness if you just allow that to happen. And who knows what can happen with your future if you just allow that healing process to take place. Eric Welch, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to get on to a talk with John Barry. This is an important movie, man, and I am so excited about it. Thank you for your work on it, and uh, thank you for your passion, brother. Well, thank you so much for having me on, and I appreciate you. I appreciate your listenership, and thank you for all the people listening out there. Uh, I appreciate you supporting Joe and all that he does and bringing all these wonderful messages to you. Eric's website is brokenpoetproductions.com, and of course, Beautifully Broken is out in theaters nationwide right now. John Barry is an ACM, CMA, and Grammy Award-winning country superstar. He's had 20 singles on the country charts, including his number one hit, Your Love Amazes Me. John opens up about his faith, rough times while on the road, and what it's like to be a Christian country music star. We talk about the impact Beautifully Broken has had on him, and we chat about his new TV show, Songs and Stories with John Barry. You've collaborated with many Christian and country artists, John, who remains on your bucket list? I'd love, I'd love to do a, a, a segment with Reba McIntyre uh, and, and work with her. Uh, I toured with her for two years, and she was very kind, but we never got to sing together or anything. You know, I was, just, I was the opening act on the tour and, uh, and had a great time doing that, but we never had that opportunity to you know, share a song or, or anything like that. So I, I would love to Reba have McIntyre. that chance. Yeah, she's she is, awesome. She's either coming out with or she's just releasing a gospel album. I think so. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But she's man. wonderful. She's fantastic. She's a, a lovely person as well as a great artist. Reba, I don't know if you're listening, but come on, give John a call. Come on, girl. Come on, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about beautifully broken. Oh, this yeah, unbelievable song. Well, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, fantastic. I was just honored they called and asked me to sing it. Uh, my friend Chuck Howard produced this movie, and he also uh, had a hand in the soundtrack. And uh, the significance of Chuck Howard in my life is he produced all of the hits I had on the radio over the years in the 90s. Chuck Howard was the producer of those songs. And uh, so he he sent me a – he called and left me a message. He said, hey, I've got this movie I'd like to just sing a song in. And I called him back. I said, sure, I'd be honored, you know. And he said, well, I'm going to send you a rough of the movie so you can get a, uh, a sense of what the song's about and, 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 uh, and what it's tying to, you know. And uh, so my wife's in, in the living room watching TV, and I'm, I go to the bedroom. i got the laptop, and I download this, this movie rough, and I watch it. And it's, 
It's amazing. I mean, from the opening scene, you're sitting on the edge of your seat. And by the time this film's over, I got tears streaming down my face. And I, I go in there and tell my wife, I said, this is unbelievable. This is just, she said, you need to call Chuck and tell him. And I did. I said, Chuck, I, I'm sure the song's great. I haven't heard the song yet. I'm sure it's marvelous. But whatever the song is, I'll sing it for you because I want to have any small part that God can use me in this film or soundtrack or talking about it or whatever it might be where I might lead somebody to go see this film because people need to see it. It, it. It's really quite moving. What was it about the film that you said, wow, this is it? And how did that, how did that dovetail into the song? It, 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 the, the story's based on three families. One family in, on one side of Rwanda, another family on the other side of Rwanda, and a family in Brentwood, Tennessee. And they all save each other's lives. It's remarkable. I'm telling you. You just, how God moved in mysterious ways to touch these three families and bring them together and just how it all was woven together. It's remarkable. I'm telling you. And it's a true story. And, uh, and, but this film opens with the, cleansing as they tried to call it of Rwanda when the, with the unbelievable murders that took place and that opening those opening scenes are just almost horrifying and, uh, and just to think to think it's they're not making this up but it was re- it was quite remarkable how God worked in such horror but he still he was still there you signed up for the song they hadn't even heard it didn't hear it, didn't know the words, didn't nope. know anything about it. Of course, a trusted producer sent it to you and asked you to be involved in it. Yeah. When you first read the lyrics to the song, what stood out about this song that you said, man, I'm glad I did this? Well, it, it, it's a mixture of things, not only lyrics, but melody. I mean, it's just, it's one of those, it's just one of those songs that just, I, I just had to sing, you know. I just I had to lend my voice to the song, and they've done a couple of different versions of it, and they're all wonderful. And my version is a little different. Pro- the The track that they produced, Chuck knew he knows my range, he knows where I sing, and they produced this track. He knew what I was going to do when we got in there, and man, it just it just all came together. And as a matter of fact, when they sent me the final mix, I had to call Chuck and tell him. I said, Chuck, that's what I've always wanted to sound like. I said that that's just what I've always wanted that 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 sound right there that that record that's what I wanted all, all my life that's what I've waited to sound like so now I'm trying to talk him into going and cutting a an, a full length album with me again so this movie and this song has really touched you oh right? yeah it's it's really um, you, people aren't going to believe it I mean it, it's such a great movie I mean it really is a heart life changing kind of movie. Yeah, people are going to, if, if you don't want that in your life, don't go see this movie. But, but I'm we telling you. We need more of that, don't we? Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's not just a feel-good movie. It's, it's, it's just so real, and it's just so amazing how God moved in these three families worlds apart. The acting in the film's remarkable. The scenery, because they went to Africa and shot a lot of this film. And they didn't go to, you know, southwest you know, California, Mm -hmm. you know, they went to Africa and shot this and a lot of locals are in the film and, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's very realistic and, 
You know, it's 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 pretty cool, man. Matter of fact, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there are adults in this film from Rwanda that were children when all that was taking place. That how moving, how how, how surreal, and how how moving that must be for them that they're trying to get that story out of what happened to these people and and the horror of what happened. How God is using that now to change lives. You know, I just really, I really have always believed that God uses all circumstances to draw people to Him, no matter what. You're, he's just trying to get your attention. And it sounds like Beautifully Broken is going to get the attention that God wants. I, I think so. He, yeah. you know, he, he just he loves us so much. He wants us to look at him. And, it's gotten and, your attention, and, man. Oh yeah, you know, just wants us, just wants us to, to to look to him and all things that we do and all that we need. And it's pretty cool. Your faith is is obviously important to you, John. You know, country music is known for God, country, and family values. Yeah, uh, it's also known for. Getting drunk, jail, and fighting. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there is that. What is it like being a Christian country music star in that industry? There are a lot of believers in, in country music that I know, a lot of people within the industry. I have my walls that I run up against, and I expect them because Satan is not going to go quietly into the night. And, you know, Satan doesn't want folks to hear good messages and good words and faith you know faith-based things and you know we're in a fight man you have a very well-received tv show yeah that is almost a where are they now of country music stars Mm -hmm. i mean people like tracy lawrence and pam tillis colin ray neil mccoy uh as well as maybe a dozen other guests. Tell us about Songs and Stories with John Barry. Well, a number of years ago, 2002 to be exact, 16 years ago, uh, my piano player at the time and my wife Robin and I went out and did six or seven shows over a two-week period of time, just playing these little small theaters and big club, listening room clubs, you know. And, uh, and it was so much fun. We just... We started adding a few dates, started getting calls for dates, and it turned into a 22-month run and a two-disc set. We started recording these shows just to hear what we had, you know. And it was so much fun, and people dug it, and they dug the stories I would tell about these songs. So we put out this two-disc set called uh, Songs and Stories. And that was back in 2003, I think, the album came out. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember exactly what year it was. And then every... Every year we would pull out a two-week period of time. We go do these little songs and stories dates, and then folks started asking if we had any of the stories written out. So my wife made it a project to go and listen to the CDs and transcribe out the stories I would tell, and then I took them and tried to stretch them and add more things to try and make it a read, a good read, and um, and then my wife collected pictures from everywhere she scoured through our family pictures and just all these things and found pictures that were either directly related to the story or at least somewhere close you know and we put together a book it's like a big tour book and it has 10 songs well it has lyrics to 10 songs has the corresponding story i tell and pictures all in there and then in the back of the book there's a cd of the 10 songs that go with the 10 stories Wow, and uh, and it's everything from from a story I tell about Oh Holy Night uh, to 
uh, Annie's song by John Denver and tell this wonderful story about getting to meet John and uh, at a time just months before he passed and, and that tragic plane crash and and uh, just different things and growing up in a wonderful family with my mom and dad in Aiken, South Carolina and, and then to Atlanta and what a great family I had and a story about my dad and being such a hardworking man and, and we'd do a song called 40 Again and wishing my dad was 40 again, he would be young and I would be 10. And just a wow. sweet story, and a sweet song written by some friends of mine. And, and tell the story, I tell a story about my dad and what a, uh, how he loved our Heavenly Father so much. And, and, uh, and I tell a story about my mom and, and her leading me to Christ as a kid. And, and, uh, and I talk about the, 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 when my mom passed away and, and how hard that was as a family, you know, losing my mom at 52 years old and I was like 20 and, and but as a young man to watch my father grieve but watch him turn to God for the peace that he needed mm. was, a, was a wonderful lesson for a young man to watch so it was, wow. it was so we just have some great stories in that book and then as it it uh we just started doing some I started doing some live broadcast online uh Facebook live from my back porch and I would just do a song and a story every now and then. And it just got huge response. And so we started talking about having friends come over and sit on the back porch and do the show. And then they said, well, you know, why don't we do this? And we came up with the idea of doing it um, at, uh, at, with a live audience and with a live band to create that energy. And there are a number of singer-songwriter shows where those two guys sitting on stools talking about songs. That sort of, but we wanted to do it with a band. So it had that energy, and also with a nice live audience. Right. And right. Um, we went to Douglas Corner and shot our first series. And the significance of Douglas Corner is that's where I did my first industry showcase, uh, and my only industry showcase where I got ended up getting a record deal. Wow. And that was 25 years ago to the month last May that I did that showcase at Douglas Corner and got a record deal. And 25 years later, we're there shooting this TV special. So it was really fun. It's neat, man. Yeah. Like I said, some of the people that I, I just love from back yeah. when I started listening to country music yeah. is Tracy Lawrence and, yeah. and Pam Tillis and like yeah. Neil McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> Neil McCoy and Wink, man. That just brings yeah. back memories. We had Daryl Worley last <laughs> yeah, night yeah. taping and... Uh, and also last night we had a new th- we had a new set we have a new show this year in the series. It's a new artist show. We had three young artists uh, that came on the show. Uh, one is Preston James, who's a wonderful guitar player and singer, young kid, seventeen years old, and uh, he does this kind of rock country and a little rockabilly kind of feel. And then we had uh, Blaine Howard. Okay. who if people should check out a song he's got out on, on YouTube called Promise to Love Her. He's had like 5 million views. He My doesn't have a record deal. Gosh. Yeah. It's, it's this wonderful song he wrote for his wife, and, and, and they played it at the first stance at their wedding, and they filmed all that, and they put a video together, and it's wonderful. And the, the premise is, is that is, you know, he, uh, he's talking to the girl's dad, and he's promising to love her, you know. And then when they have a child, he's he's promising to love that child, and and you know, it's a wonderful song. And then our third new artist guest last night was a young man named Sean Sean Thomas. His last name was Barry, and he's our he's our middle son, our middle child. Sean is a wonderful young artist, and and we're so proud of him. And uh, he he's. Uh, uh, writing some wonderful songs and really he's got his own unique thing going on and he lives out in East Texas and um, John you're obviously proud of him 
coming oh, yeah. into the business and the way he's coming into the business. Yeah, I'm very proud of him, and he's yeah. he's really a talented young man. And and uh, uh, and and on the other side of that, his younger brother is our drummer. He's been playing drums for me for the past four years, three years, three years now, and uh, he's 21 years old. He's so when a year are we going younger. to see a Barry family tour? <laughs> Well, we do, you know, we do it. My wife sings with us, and uh, and uh, matter of fact, we were on tour together a couple of years ago, and Sean was opening the show for us, and then he played guitar with us during our show, and afterwards, we were we were visiting with these folks out in the lobby, and I met Tim and Christy Barnett, okay, and Christy's sister met her, and we're sitting there, and Sean's there, and, and Christy's sister says, Sean, you need to meet my niece. You're two peas in a pod. They got married a year ago, New, no New Year's kidding. Eve. <laughs> Isn't oh, that something? Very and cool. Tim and very Christy cool. have become dear, dear friends. So they're not just in-laws; they're they're dear friends, and we just love them to death. Matter of fact, they're staying at our house this week while we're here filming the show. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. sweet people. But God yeah. and God just keeps making life better and better. <laughs> Boy, that's a bumper sticker. God keeps making life better and better. The movie is beautifully broken. The song is beautifully broken. Can we take it just a few seconds and listen to a snippet of the song? Sure, please. Every tear, every doubt, every time you're down and out. When you hurt, feeling shame, all your numb and all your pain. When you think you've lost your way, or you're too far gone to pray, he's still waiting there to say. You're beautifully broken You're made to be whole again Even a million scars doesn't change who you are God's still working John, how did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? I was about 10 years old, and I came home from school one day, and I don't know exactly what it was, but there was just something, a lot on my heart, a lot on my mind. And my mom was sitting out on the side porch of our house, and she was reading something, a magazine or something. And I went out there, and and I was sort of scuffing my feet around. You know, like a little fella didn't know quite what to say, you know. And my mama, she set her magazine down. She said, Johnny, what's on your mind? And I said, nothing, mama. She said, come here, Johnny. I sat down on the porch swing next to her. And she put her arm around my shoulder, and she pulled me close to her, and she said, Tell Mama what's wrong. I know something's bothering you. I said, Mama, I've just been thinking a lot about what they've been teaching me in Sunday school, and I don't understand. They've been teaching me about Jesus down on a cross, and there's blood everywhere, and there's a ghost involved, and it scares me to death. (laughs) And she laughed, and she said, Honey, it's the sweetest story ever told. And there was a Bible there on our porch, and my mom, she opened it up, and she shared a few Bible verses with me and tried to explain it to me in a way I could really understand it, you know. But the one Bible verse that stood out was John 3, 16. And uh, like I said, I'd gone to church my whole little life. I I knew John 3, 16. I mean, I'd gone to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any time church doors were open. And and it was on a cross stitch in our family room. I, I, I knew John 3, 16. But she read it different. She said, look right here. It says, for God so loves Johnny that he gave his only son, that if Johnny will trust in him, Johnny will have everlasting life. And that was just the coolest thing I'd ever heard of. That whosoever and that 
all those big words at uh, 10 years old, I didn't understand that. But God loving me so much, he'd send Jesus to make a way to him. That was just the coolest thing ever. And, and I just said a little prayer with my mom that day, asking God to forgive me of my sins and walk with me all the days of my life through the blood of Jesus. And then, you know. For God so loved Johnny. Yeah. For God so loved Joe. Yeah. Those are beautiful words, man. Yeah, because it's a personal thing. And so, you know, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've been a Christian a long time, man. Yeah. Have you ever had a time, especially as an adult Christian, that you questioned your faith? Pretty much since that day I said that prayer with my mom, I've been perfect. (laughs) (laughs) As we all, as all all good Christians. As as all good Christians are. are, are, Are you Baptist? Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Cross stitch on the wall. You you know what I mean? Wednesday nights. You know what I mean? Sunday (laughs) nights. Oh, I fall every day, you know? Yeah. Fall every day. And I went through a time in my my, uh, life when I was playing clubs and and not that there's anything wrong going to the club, you know? Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know? Uh, But, you know, there's, there's ways of doing things and way of living your life that it's honoring God, you know, and I did not always honor God, lived my life and sometimes on my own terms and God would do things to get my attention. Yeah, my mom died when I was, was 20 and that kind of gets your attention a little bit, you know, and just makes you think about your life and what you're doing. And, and when I was 21, my brother had come home from, from college, from grad school and I just sitting there talking to him about a few things. I said, "Man, I just I just need something to slow me down. I'm, I, things are just getting a little crazy." And we talked for a little while, and then I decided I was going to go up to this little restaurant I would go to a lot and get a bite to eat. And I did that, and then I went over. I was going to this record store to go check out something. I don't remember what. I was driving through the parking lot on my motorcycle, and a lady ran a stop sign and hit me and broke both my legs and my left hip. So something did slow me down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so be asked, be careful what you ask yeah. for. And I can remember as it healed. I remember I can remember I would go for walks around the block just trying to get strength back and started uh, walking on crutches for a long time. Then I ended up walking on a cane for a number of years just because of security, just afraid of falling. And um but I can remember walking around that block one day as I was uh, just trying to get some exercise and I said, "God, don't let it, the pain completely ever go away. Let the tinge be there from time to time to remind me that it's, you know, I'm not invincible and that I need you. And every now and then there'll be a little sharp jolt through my leg. You know? That'll tweak you. Yeah. And then uh, 1997, that year of touring, we did 260 shows. Well, actually, let's back up a little bit. 1980, uh, 1990, I uh, got my, 1992, I got my record deal. In 94, um, I had uh, my single, Your Love Amazes Me, came out in early that year. And Small uh, little hit by John yeah, Barry. Yeah, yeah. And I, in late January, I started not feeling my best. February, it was just kept getting worse, headaches increasing. Uh, by the end of February... I was not eating. And my wife, Robin, who sang with me, and our daughter, Taylor Marie, who was on the road with us, and her mama, who toured with us, Carol, who traveled with us, 
I just felt a little cramped. They just need to go home. They didn't need to be out here. Sent them home. Robin was pregnant with our second child, Sean. And uh, by late March, I quit calling home. Early April, I was, I was a shadow of the, who I used to be. On April 28th that morning, I got a phone call from Robin. She found I was going weeks without calling her. By April 28th, she called me. She said, Sean's going to be born today. She found me on the road somehow. I said, that's great. Let me know how it goes. I did not care. And broke her heart. And uh, about three minutes later, my mother-in-law's on the phone with my road manager. She said, I don't care what he's on. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care who he's doing. You get him on a plane today. When Carol talks, most people listen. Mm. She's that kind of lady. So I got on a plane. I don't remember flying to Atlanta. I don't remember renting a car. I don't remember driving to Athens. I remember being in the hospital, vaguely. And I walked in to see Robin, and she didn't recognize me when I first walked in. I'd lost 65 pounds. Uh, Pale, pale skin. And uh, visited with her for a while and saw the baby and was unimpressed and just didn't care. She said, do you want to take Sean back to the nursery for me? I said, sure. So I took him back. and I was walking back down the hall, headed to her room, and I didn't want to go. And I felt so sick. I sat down on the floor. This nurse saw me that knew me. And she sat down next to me, and she said, John, what's going on? Are you feeling all right? And I said, no, I'm not. She said, well, so she started asking questions like a good nurse would do. And uh, asked me about my dad's health and all that. And I said, did you do anything you recall about his health? I said, the only thing I know is uh, he's been healthy, except in 1957 he survived a brain aneurysm. She said, well, that's odd, that time. What about your mom? I said, well, she passed away in 81 from a brain aneurysm. Man, they had me on a gurney so fast (laughs) going to the emergency room. And they did a CAT scan, and they found it wasn't an aneurysm, but in the third ventricle in my brain where the, the fluid drains down the spinal column, right next to it was a little cyst about the size of the end of your pinky, and it had fallen over, leaned over from the fluid, and the fluid kept kind of pushing it over, and it stopped it up. Fluid had built up on my brain and caused unbelievable headaches, loss of appetite, change of personality. On May the 10th of 94, that morning I had brain surgery, and they did fiber optic surgery, drilled two little holes, went in one with a laser, one with a fiber optic camera, plotted a course, poked a hole in it with that laser, and I woke up and I was me. My gosh, John. And my wife went from being deserted and abandoned to having to be my nurse. My dad, during that difficult time, had told Robin, he said... You promise to love him. Love is not a feeling you have. Love is a choice you make. I'm hoping you'll choose to love my son. And she chose to. And she loved me all the way through it. She didn't like me very much, but she loved me through it all. I have one question, one last question. Sure, buddy. As we wrap up here, John. What would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? I read a a quote this week from Billy Graham. He said, I've never met anyone who has regretted committing their life to God and Christ. Is that not a great quote? Mm. 
I've never regret. I've never met a person who has regretted giving their life to Christ. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Amazing conversation, John. Thank you, my friend. The project is beautifully broken. The movie and the song, both amazing. John, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Good to be with you. God bless you, brother. You too. John's website is johnberry.com. The song Beautifully Broken is available right now on amazon.com. These links can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 112. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 112. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertained you, encouraged you, or informed you in any way whatsoever, would you consider financially backing the show? The best way to do that right now is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. Now, we're going to get a modest commission for your purchase, but it won't cost you a penny more. Remember, Beautifully Broken is out in theaters nationwide right now. That'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to John Barry and Eric Welch for being with us. And of course, thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you.